0: I'm Tanji Combs. That's my husband, Daniel Combs, and we have little Nico out there somewhere running around. Thank you guys for having me. So we're going to shift gears because Love, Inc., she's telling you about what we're doing and what the Lord is doing through us and how we come alongside individuals and in the communities. But I want to encourage you now spiritually. This so is still love ink, but this is the other side of love Inc. that we want you to know about. And this is how we minister to our partners, minister to the people of God in our community. We're both natural and physical. We meet that need, but we also meet the spiritual need. And I was here, I had the privilege of being here at a glow last Saturday. Let me tell y'all the fire fell. Let me tell you how easy it was to follow. though. It's because this location, right, fosters the presence of God. It's something I've been to many places. I've spoken in many different places, both internationally and nationally. I know when you walk into a place where the presence of God is being fostered. And so it was really easy for the Lord to meet us in that room where the children meet, right? And so we're just gonna carry it on in here today. So I'm not gonna apologize for my fire, cause it's lit. I'm just lit. That's just, you're just gonna have to deal with the litness, okay? But we're lit with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And one of the words that the Lord gave to me, and and as as Daniel and I were were coming um, this way, and I'm always asking the Lord, are you sure this is the word? Are you sure, Jesus? So on the way, about three minutes before I get here, I'm like, Jesus, is this the word? And so we passed by these apartment complexes called the Compass. And I was like, oh! He confirmed the word again. It was so good. And so I'm going to talk to you about inheritance because we're in a time and we're in a season of acceleration. If you haven't noticed it now, if you're, if you're as old as I am, let's say you're 50 and beyond, right? Then you know that 50 years ago, time seemed to have moved so much slower than it is now. I mean things are speeding up. It's because we're coming closer to the time of the Lord. And it is no longer time to sleep. We don't have time to sleep. Right. We don't have time for somebody to hold our hands continuously to tell us which way we need to go. It's time for the sons of God. That means male and female alike to begin to get before the face of God and say, what is it that you're calling me to do? No longer am I waiting for somebody to tell me I'm coming after you on my own. It's the will of the Lord that you come after him and you seek him for what it is that he's calling for you to do. So it's great that we're sitting here and we're hearing the word. But I want this word to get down inside and start to whirlwind on the inside so that you are awakened to move into what the father has called you to do. There are dreams that have been on hold. There are things that the Father has spoken to you that life got in the way and it stopped you from doing what he had showed you to do. Stopped you from going after what he's told you to go after. But today, there's a time that you can be delivered and those things can be removed from out of your presence. You ready? You sure? Lord, let your fire fall in this place. We're asking for a move of your spirit in such a way that we can no longer be comfortable in the places that we have always been. We want a move of you, Lord. Father, give us dreams and visions. Stir up the gift of dreams. Stir up the gift of visions again, oh, Lord God, where we have been. Our eyes have been closed and our spirits have been down. Lord God, awaken us. Let there be a great awakening on the inside of your people. That we might stand tall and bold in your presence in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the inheritance that the Lord has given to us. There's, There's an inheritance, right, that the Father has for each and every one of us that was born upon the earth today. You may not know it. You may not have ever gone through it. You may not have ever had anybody tell you it's time for you to pick up your inheritance. I was with your pastor on Thursday at pastor's prayer and he began to talk about the synergy of the ages where the people who had prayed long before the people who have died they've gone on but he was feeling like we can't just let those prayers go they're they're alive they're moving they're they're calling us they're beckoning us and when he began to talk about that, I just woke up again. And I said, Lord, let us pick up the mantles. Let us pick up the inheritance that someone may have laid down, but the Lord is calling you to pick it up. Right? I'm going to talk to you about a story. Has anybody ever heard of, I always ask this question, the daughters of Zelophead? Yeah, see? Now, because we're talking about insanity. <laughs> In Numbers chapter number 27, anybody heard of them? They're five sisters. Listen, let me tell you about these sisters. These were some bad girls, let me tell you. These sisters are amazing. And I'm praying that the, this, this story in the word of God will begin to awaken you to pick up or to go after an inheritance that belongs to you. So let's read in Numbers chapter number 27. So I have my phone here because it's just easier for me, and my Bible is always on my phone. So whenever I have to pick something up, I just go straight to it. So we're in Numbers chapter number 27. We're going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version, and at the title of this particular passage, it's called Inheritance Laws. So let's read this, okay? It says, then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mahir, the son of Manasseh from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Tirzah. That's some names, I'll tell you. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but he died in his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses, being a wise man, brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance amongst their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their fathers to pass to them. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no sons, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the relative closest to him in his family. And he shall possess it, and it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as the Lord commanded Moses. We know back in those days, right, women did not have, uh, they didn't have any authority. They didn't really have a voice. Uh, they, were, they were possessions, basically, right? That was what was happening back then. But these five sisters had a father who died. And it was something about these girls that they weren't just, I don't think they were just little princess daughters sitting around. I think they had a heavy hand in helping their father and supporting their father. So they had a heavy hand in the heritage and an inheritance of what their family was building. And so when their dad died, they must have gotten together. So picture this. I'm going to be like Sophia from the Golden Girls. Picture this. Sicily. Back then, these sisters are getting together after their father has died and they probably have laid him to rest and did what they needed to do. Then they began to talk amongst each other saying, we're getting ready to lose Our inheritance. One of them, it was probably Hagla. I'm going to say Hagla because her name is like, hmm. She is probably the one that's like fire. And she was like, I will not allow this to happen. We will not allow the inheritance to pass to someone else when we have worked so hard. We know what this means. It means there's no inheritance, not just for us, but for our children and for our children's children. And so they got before the Lord and what are we supposed to do? And so they broke all the rules. See, because sometimes you have to break the rules to get what the father has for you. It won't just come to you. Sometimes the enemy comes, right? And he's coming to steal, kill and to destroy. But the Lord is with you. And so they knew they had to go before Moses. They broke all the laws. It says they went before Moses and before Eleazar. I mean, they must have pushed everybody out of the way to say, we need a meeting with Moses, the head honcho. And they got before that tent and they said, our father died, but he was not with the ones who was, there was an uprising against the Lord. He died in his own sin. Like they made that case. Give us our possession amongst our father's brothers they were not supposed to get a thing. And what I love about Moses, right, what a true man of God is he's going to go before the Lord. And that's what he did. He didn't say, I'm going to read what it says in this book. I'm going to go by what we have always done. I'm going to go before the Lord. And so he did. You want a man of God that has a close connection with Jesus, Because he's gonna get the true word. Let me tell you something. The Father is about the original intent of the Word of God. This was not about what we thought. This was not about what the enemy said. This was about the original intent of what the Father's heart was always about. And so they go there, and Moses turns and says, I'm going before the Father. And look what God says, not what Moses said. Not what Eleazar said, not what any of the other leaders said. God said to them, what the daughters of Zelophehad speak is right. Give them their possession amongst their father's brothers. This wasn't just about male and female. I want you to hear that this is about you there is something that you are supposed to have that the father wants you to have and you've been sitting on it you've believed the lie of the enemy that says you were never supposed to have it let me tell you because it was written that you weren't supposed to get it but if you go before the father he'll tell you what the daughters of Zelophehad speak is right give them their, a pos- their possession amongst their fathers brothers he'll say give my son what belongs to him because before the foundation of the world I love the scripture the lamb was already slain you you've been predestined right you've been predestined to receive what the father has for you it's just that we've become asleep And the enemy has bullied us in a corner so that we don't rise up to take what fully belongs to us. Let me explain something as well. When these girls decided to break all of the rules for their inheritance, I love this portion of scripture right at the bottom. It says, and it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as the Lord commanded Moses. It was written into law. It was written into law, not just for that time, but for all the other times. The Lord laid it out in case this ever happens again. This is how the law is going to go now. It reminds me of Jesus, right? When Jesus says, I give you a new command, not the old one. I give you a new one that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. When he says there is a more excellent way, I'm writing it in. Love is the more excellent way. See, there is another way. There's another judgment. There's another statute that belongs to you. You just have to wake up to get it. Woo! Come on, church. You have to wake up to get it. We are in a season and we are in a time where uncomfortable is no more. Let me tell you, we see the world. We see what they're doing. We see the statutes and judgments that they're writing. Oh, my God. Right? But this is how I love to see it, that the Lord is uncovering those statutes and judgments so that the children of God, so that the sons of God can say, I'm going before the Father and we're going to go before the Lord. What do you say about this? Their voices were so powerful that the father changed the laws in their favor. You want to talk about abortion? We can change that law. You want to talk about the things that are going on in this world and and we think a vote is the only thing that's going to work? I'm telling you, you get before the father's face and he'll change it. He's waiting to hear from his children. But you can't be asleep. Nor can you be afraid, right? Ooh, come on, somebody. Come on. We are as bold as lions. We are not just sheep, right? Because we want to say, you know, the sheep will, will hear the father's voice and, you know, in and, and, and a voice of another, they will not follow. And that's great for a season. But you should be able to grow into a lion. You don't stay sheep forever. You must grow into the maturity of the sons of God where you become bold as lions. Amen. Wow, they called Jesus, right? He was the lamb and the lion. Didn't we just sing a song today? Yeah. My God is the lion, the lion of Judah. Yeah, yeah. And if we are in him and he is in us, I think our roar needs to start coming out. Yeah. And you can see the remnant of this happening even in the news that we're watching. Because now they call, you know, you call conservative or whatever it is you're called. But they're starting to get afraid now. Every time you raise up, they got to call you by a different name. (laughs) They got to call you by something else. It's because we're getting our roar. It's because we're understanding that we have the power to change a law. See, I'm not talking to little baby. We're not talking to the babies right now. We're talking to the ones that should be lions. Yes, indeed. Come on. So this is the inheritance, right, of the servants of the Lord. So in a city, my goodness. I'm going to share this. um, I love to tell stories, right? I love to tell true stories, though. And so earlier this year, we went, let me tell you how important heritage and inheritance is to the father, because we belong to him and we know we have Jesus, but there's something about your original line that he wants you to understand too. And so uh, earlier this year, I was in Moravian Falls with a group of uh, radicals. I'm just going to call them that they're radical for Jesus. I'm fired a little crazy. And we were there. Anybody been to Moravian Falls? Yeah. If you have not been, oh my gosh, as a believer, you have to take a trip at least once. The Moravian Falls is where the Moravians prayed for 100 years. So that meant 100 years meant from generation generation to generation to generation was prayer upon this mountain. That's what the Lord called them to do. And so in Moravian Falls, there is an open heaven, is all I can tell you. When you get there, the people on, the, on that mountain are saved and they host the presence of God. And so we were in a place called the Apple Hill Lodge. Yeah, we were at the Apple Hill Lodge and we were just seeking the face of God and we had worshiped. And all of a sudden... Anybody know that there's angels? You know angels are real. Okay, so that y'all don't think I'm crazy. Yeah, so they happen. See, exactly. So we're there in Moravian Falls, and we're just feeling the presence of God. And then one of the girls says, there's an angel here, and his name is Heritage. And we were like, whoa. She says, and he's here to uncover some things about your inheritance and your heritage. And she was, it was talking to the whole group. He's, this, he's here for us. And so I was like, well, this is amazing. So I just to receive. And so I received, and it was a great time on that mountain. You really have to go. You should, you should, you should all go. Um, But I got home, right? And I was just telling the Lord, you know, you know, when I was 16 years old, I lost my mom. I lost my mother and my, our family just completely broke apart. And so um, my grandparents died early and, and my parents died early. So I, I didn't have much history, as much history as, as I was, um, you know, wanting from you know, from my family, and so I go before the Lord, and I say, you know, Lord, this heritage angel was here, and and they said that he was going to follow us, like he's now with us uh, for a season. I said, and so if that is you, and if it is true, show yourself to me, you know, allow this angel to be used in my life, because the angels of the Lord assist they assist the children of God, and oftentimes we don't, we don't use them the way that they should be used because we don't know how, and so the Lord was saying, I said, okay, they're here to assist. I get a, an, a message on my Facebook messenger from out of nowhere. I have an aunt. We have some family in California, but we're not really close, and there are seven of us kids, right, in the family. And she sends me a message going, I have all of this information about your grandfather and your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandfather and your your great-great-grandmother. And we have all of this information and I need to pass this along. I can't hold this just to myself. So I'm reaching out to you. And I was like, Heritage, you working, aren't you? And so that heritage angel was working, right, in my favor. And so she sends me all of this information because I wanted to know where does this preacher come from? Because not everybody in my family was a preacher. Well, where does this come from? Why do I seem like I'm by myself? And, and what is this desire to have a farm and, you know, have some chickens and carrying on? I'm from New Orleans. You know, we eat chicken, but we don't eat chicken. Where is this coming from, Lord? And so she begins to send me these documents right from where my my grandfather, they were born in like 1888. And all of this information. And I had a great, great grandfather who was a freed slave and his brother. uh, My great, great, great grandfather's name was Isaac and his brother's name was Jacob. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, heritage is working. (laughs) And so I'm getting this information and it's opening up about my heritage. And so Jacob and, and Isaac, it was important to them. They were freed slaves. And they began to buy land, they began to build churches, they began to build schools. Right. So I was like, oh, here is the first sign of the preacher that's coming out. So they called him um, the Indian preacher because he looked so uh, Native American and he was full of fire. And so I'm reading this and I'm crying because the Lord is letting me know you're picking up an inheritance. Come on, y'all. You're picking up an inheritance that always belonged to you. See, I'm looking for one of you in the earth who's faithful enough, who's going to hear me in the midnight hour say, I need you to do this. And it's not going to make sense to you to do it. But once you start finding out, this is part of my line. This is part of who it was. It was wonderful to do it just because Jesus said, but it's something about knowing there was somebody else coming before you, which meant the synergy of the ages' prayer, that there was my grandma and grandpa. They must've been building those churches and then laying before the Lord in the spirit, calling me forth before I was ever born or created. Woo! They were calling me forth. I am part of their inheritance. And it is the same way that somebody prayed for you. And you're going, what is this thing about foster care and adoption that I have to have these children in my life? And you'll find out somewhere along the line, you had a grandma or a grandpa that just opened that back door and said, come on in here, baby. Come on in here. Where's your mama? I don't know. It's okay. Come on in and get something to eat. It's okay. Come on in and have a hot shower. It's okay. Come on in. You understand what I'm saying? There's somebody, there, school teachers and people, right? Like, we want to know, why do I have to be in the classroom with these crazy kids? What is it? I don't even have kids, you know, and you just got to be in there with the kids. It's because there's something pulling. It's calling to you. The Holy Spirit is waking you and you have a family member. Whose prayers have never died. Because the decrees of the Lord, they never die with the person. They go on for glory. But I'm telling you, those decrees stay in the earth until somebody picks them up. Those five sisters picked it up. They could have let that inheritance. As a matter of fact, it was going It was leaving. How many of us have left our inheritance in the dust? Because it was so hard. I think about I think about my uncles and my my great grandpa, and my great uncle. And I think about how they were freed slaves. Right. But somewhere along a whipping and a beating, they were thinking, man, when we get out of this. Somehow along the way, they were talking about we going to start a church. We're going to have a farm and raise some chickens. She might not eat them because she's going to be from New Orleans at the time. (laughs) But we're going to have a farm. And we're going to not let our children be ignorant. We're going to start a school. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. How can I lay here, right, and do nothing when the Father has called that gift into the earth? They came out of whatever they were in to say. How many conversations had they had that when this law passes, they must have been praying before the Father until the laws changed? My God. I think about being with Love, Inc., right? I was called to, to Brevard County. Uh, three years ago, and this is where the Lord placed me. And I'm like, seriously, Lord? Okay, Jesus, we get to do this. And it's been such a blessing, right, to do, but it's because it was preordained. What are you doing now that you are dreading, that you can't stand to be, is it preordained? It's time for you to get before the Father's face and find out the inheritance that the Father has for you. We know Jesus is our portion. He's going to always be our portion. But I love that he's in the details of a thing. And so there's a scripture, oh, Proverbs 25 and 2. I don't think I gave you that scripture. But Proverbs chapter number 25, verse number 2. So did I say Proverbs? Yeah. So what? I'm going to read this in the passion translation because the passion like be on fire be on fire and I love this because you know you'll be like Tangie well why isn't this presented to me like right now like why do I have to go after it and and the Lord is maturing because when you're answering these questions or you may have some things like well that's not me You know, I've never been able to do it. I'm too old. I won't be doing it now. I'm female. I'll never be able to do that. I'm of a certain race. I'm not called to do that. But when you start to mature before the father, you realize he created you fearfully and wonderfully and he stamped you with an anointing and sent you through the womb of a woman to carry out a purpose and a destiny. And so in Proverbs chapter number 25 and verse 2, here's why the Lord does some things sometimes. Because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. The Lord will hide things sometimes in very dark situations and circumstances, right? He's hiding things in darkness. Not all darkness is bad. I mean, we have the sun and the moon and the stars, right? But in order to conceal a matter, he doesn't hide it in light, especially if he wants you to go and search it out. You are the light to shine upon that dark place. And open up that revelation that the Father has given to you. It's not for him. It's wonderful. We have Nico. She's 10, right? And every time she turns around, she's wanting something. Oh, my gosh. She wants something. I can do that. And I can have that. And Daniel will say to me, if you give it to her, she is the boss of you. And I'm like, well, this time she is the boss of you, you know. She's more the boss of him than she is of me. And we love her. We love her. But I come to think about when I've given her too much. You ever give your kids too much? And that little attitude starts. I was like, girlfriend, no, you didn't just give me attitude. After all the stuff that I, and you go, you, you start going, mama, all the stuff that I have done for you, you give me attitude. And that's when I realized I've given her too much. How about we put some things in place. How about we put some laws in place? You want that cute little bath bomb from wherever? You want, your kitchen is your responsibility now. You know, you are 10 years, you're 10, this is yours. And she's going, I don't understand it. But just like Love Inc., right? We don't want to hand out stuff all the time because we understand the dignity is in going after it, right? The dignity is in that the Lord, the glory of God is to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search that thing out. There's something that happens to you when God says, go after it, and you begin to go after it, right? Something unlocks within you versus somebody handing you something. You don't get the same effect, You don't get to wear the crown of kings. And this word king in the word here is a small case. So we're not talking about the king of kings. We're talking about you and me. Because we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. You are kings and queens. And he's saying, come search out what I have for you. Is it going to be hard sometimes? Yes, but it's not as hard as the stuff you have already gone through in your own life. Don't waste the hard things. That have happened to you. I'm so glad that my, 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 great, uh, my great people, i just call them my great people, right? That, that they were slaves before they had all of this. And I'm glad they didn't stop at the title slave. Because they knew, wait a minute, we didn't come from slavery. We were kings and queens. And they didn't stop there and they ripped that thing off. And they said, now I build schools I, I plant, I, I, I have farms, and I build churches. You can call me pastor now. You can call me child of God. You can call me delivered and set free, right? You can call me that because I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. Good Lord. It's hot up here. To get a fan. And last week, right, we were we were back there in the back, I look totally different. I come in, I got my got my new hair on and stuff. I think the glory just rested on the new hair. Praise him. <laughs> Woo. It's so good. Let me fix it. In case this is being live streamed. Y'all, you have an inheritance. What has stopped you? What has stopped you? I was like, where is, and you know, when, in that encounter with this angel, and the Lord chose to use an angel. He could choose to use a, a program, or he could choose to use, I don't know, ancestry. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't used that. I was like, that was my next thing. I'm going to do ancestry. But look at the supernatural way he did it. Man, come on. That's your father. That's your daddy saying, it, I want it for you just as much as you want it for yourself. To learn about what I've done. Because, see, what the, what the Hebrews do, did and what the children of Israel did, in order to keep God alive, they had to tell the stories. They had to tell their children the stories. And they had to tell the stories. And they had to tell the stories because if you never told the stories, they never knew the power of God, huh? They never understood what the father had done and so then you lose that. So when we're praying for revival, even in the city, right? The raising an inheritance of the city. When I started doing research in Melbourne, Because I'm an assignment girl, the Lord sends me from assignment to assignment. And it wasn't, it was right around that same time of heritage being around and the Lord revealing some things. And then I see that Melbourne was founded by three African American men who were freed slaves. I was like, that might be my uncle. (laughs) Could be. But I found that, you see, because the Lord was stirring a thing and he was like, okay, you decided to come this far. Here, let me let, me, let me let you into not just something about yourself, but about the community in the city that you're called to. There's an inheritance of a city that the Lord is wanting us. If your feet are planted in Melbourne, Florida, if you're planted on the Space Coast, you are assigned to awaken the inheritance of this city. It is not to lay dormant. And so while we cry out for revival, the Lord will bring you to an original intent of a thing and says, here is, it's Allen Chapel. Oh, my. That was the very first church planted in this area. So they weren't just going to be here and, you know, just just do what they were doing. They said, no, we're going to bring God right here. We're going to establish a tabernacle for him in Melbourne, Florida. That deserves honor. That deserves honor. And says, let me go to that site. See, part of, a part of a raising an inheritance of a city is you go to the original sites, right, where it is, and begin to pray over that bad boy and call it to awaken again. Where something has laid you dormant, I call you to get up. I call you to awaken because the sons of God, who's both male and female, of course, we have the authority to speak to a city and it responds to us. We have the authority, right, to pray over it. It says that, that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. So I have the ability to look to see where righteousness is not and call that thing down. You do not belong there. We need a righteous one to walk here because we know the inheritance of the city. We know what was planted here first. God is about the firsts as well. He's all about the firsts and the original intent of what He has meant. And so, Space Coast is open. The state of Florida. The Lord has called the state of Florida. The state of Florida is really a supernatural state. Amen. Amen. The state of Florida is a prophetic state. That's right. Did you know that? That's right. The state of Florida goes before every other state and calls the laws. This is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. This is why there's so much fire against us. And then the Lord will raise up a fiery one that's more fiery and said, no, because we know the laws of this state. And so we're gonna call it into being. If you're called to the Space Coast and to Brevard County, you're called to call things that be not as though they are. Yeah. See, we're not talking to the baby Christians. I gotta talk to the lions. It's the lions that pull the weight. It's the lions that you can hear far in the distance early in the morning when they roar, shakes your windows. You'll be like, I know what I just heard. That was a lion roar. He's waking up. The king is in the field. And he's coming for his people. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord for what you thought didn't belong to you anymore. When I shared this, I had to share this information that I found out about my my great people, right? I got all my brothers and sisters on the Zoom because they're they're all over the place, mostly in New Orleans. And I got them all on the Zoom. I said, I got some information for us. And so we got on the Zoom and I sent them all of the documents and we began to go through them all. And they're starting to cry because we had struggled so much from our parents being uh, dead early and you know just it it was just a thing and nobody had owned property i had owned a house but then i lost the house right and so nobody had owned property in the family except my grandmother she owned lots of property and in businesses and nobody was picking up that mantle and so i was like lord i know that this is for me but when i get on the phone i have uh, have a, a sister that's saying I feel like the Lord is telling me it's time to buy a house, but I've been so scared. And I was like, I think it's time. Then two months later, boom, she buys her house. And then my brother is like, I think I'm afraid because I'm not qualified. And then boom, two months later, he lives around the corner from where she lives. And then my daughter bought her home. And then I have a cousin who has a construction business that builds home. I mean, it just started boom, 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 laying out because somebody chose to pick up what was lost as an inheritance. And so what I did was like, it's time for me to become a real estate agent. And so I enrolled in a course and I passed my first course. Because this is the way that he's telling me that this is going to unlock some things for my family that should have been unlocked before. I wanna encourage you today, go before the Father in that hard thing that you thought you didn't qualify for, it doesn't belong to you, you've done too much stuff, right? Well, the the Father is saying, come to me. I have some things I wanna share with you. Some of us may not be, you may not know Jesus, right? You may have heard of him. My mama told me about him. My daddy told me about him. But I don't really know him myself. And he's saying, come here. I want to talk to you. See, Jesus is not religious. He is not religious. As a matter of fact, he was giving them a tongue lashing about religion. And so when he says to you, come to me, I got something I want to share with you. It's not going to be the thee, thou, thuses, those. You know, how you think it's going to happen. He was like, I want to give you a gift. I want you to come see me. And so I'm, I've done good. I'm like five minutes early. And I'm going to turn this. I'm, I'm always i am trying to be pretty good. I want to turn this over to Pastor Tony. But I just want to leave you with that encouragement. Did anybody get anything out of what I was saying today? Good. Love y'all. All
1: All right. um, Ushers, go ahead and get ready. And we want to take up a special offering. All this is going to Love, Inc., 100%. Uh, If you're making a check out, make it out to Church on the Rock, and then we'll just write one great big check to them. Uh, So, ushers, go ahead whenever you want. Just begin to pass those. Uh, We'll take cash checks you know, uh, really nice jewelry, whatever you got. Yeah. 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 We won't take your kids, but, uh, just encourage you to be generous. It's a good ministry. And, uh, and, and, uh, that was a really good word. I, uh, it's so good. I got about half a dozen things I want to say, and I, I don't have time to do that. Uh, so I'm trying to pick, um, but I think she I think she nailed it. I think she did a good job. I think you get what she was saying. Um, I do want to give you this though. Uh, I, I want to encourage him. Uh, she talked about our heritage and each of us as an individual. Nobody can tell you about that. You have to go find that out between you and God. Um, But I do want to encourage you that I was thinking about that verse about kings as she was looking it up. I didn't know where it was, and I thought, I wonder if that's the one she's going to look up, and it was. Uh, You know, we're all called uh, Revelation. He's made us kings and priests to our God. Uh, But kings have to prove themselves. And... Uh, I think that's what it means when he conceals a matter. He goes, "Let me let me see who's going to act kingly, who's going to go search it out." Um, I sometimes I do this thing where if if we're at lunch and no one grabs the ticket, I'll grab the ticket. And Rachel, every once in a while, I go, "Why do you do that?" And I go, "That's what kings do. Wow. It's just in me uh, that we got to act like kings, and uh, there's a cost to that, and so." Uh, I don't, and it doesn't happen that often. It's not that big a deal. What's a big deal is that we recognize who we are and who we're called to. And so I just want to tell you guys: you can do that. You can. You can. I. I was provoked. I'm like, I, I know I have an angel. I don't know what my angel. I have no revelation whatsoever about my angel. I just hope my angel isn't bored. I don't want a bored <laughs> angel. You know, somebody. Saw a vision of Rachel's angel one time. They said, "Rachel, I saw your angel," and she goes, "Okay," and she's, "Yeah, it was like it had a helmet; it was all banged up and everything." She goes, "She goes, that makes sense," <laughs> which uh, you know, I, so basically, I, I need to ask God to tell me about my angel. I hope my angel's doing something. I hope I'm, I don't, I don't want a bored angel sitting around going, "I wish I had a battle." Sounds like Rachel's keeping her angel busy, right? You, you you catching all this, so. But I want to say one last thing, and this is regarding this city, because I, I want so much for each. You know my heart that you as individuals will get your calling and gifting, and you got to get that from God. And you got to seek God. You got to be a king or a queen, and that means pursuit. That doesn't mean someone just comes in and hands you stuff. Uh, that's not how God does it. So. Uh, in the midst of this, there is a call in our city. Um, I, I was reminded of this as she was talking about her heritage and talking about Alan Chapel and the three brothers, uh, one of them named Brothers, who came and and started uh, Melbourne, founded Melbourne. Um, gotta be thirty years ago. God told me that Melbourne, Palm Bay, this region, South Brevard, basically, this region is called to demonstrate unusual unity that's the that's the heritage on us and uh and that's why for 28 years i've been showing up every thursday at a pastor's prayer meeting because i'm pursuing that it's only been 28 years but i'm still pursuing that Um, but here's an interesting thing that allen chapel is just what a mile and a half over this way first church just south of crane creek you know what's a stone throw from Allen Chapel? is a little house that a missionary couple, a white missionary couple from China, built back in the 30s or 40s. You remember? Somewhere in there, that neighborhood? Uh, on the south side of Crane Creek. Um, now, they weren't supposed to build it on the south side of Crane Creek because they're white. The white people didn't live on the south side of Crane Creek. They lived on the north side of Crane Creek. But they said now we're going to build our house over here and we're going to have prayer meetings and everybody's going to come, whatever color they are that happened dang it that happened a mile and a half away guys, in the 30's and 40's and before I knew about that, God's telling me, 30 years ago this city is called to demonstrate unusual unity, you begin to see the picture she's painting, isn't that cool? so you want to be a part of that? All right, and uh, you know what you got to do, some work to be done, amen? amen? All right, Lord, we thank you for awakening in us your call to uh, a heritage, to eternity, through the good works that you've prepared beforehand, generations and generations beforehand for us to walk in. Lord, thank you for Tangi and the word and the reminder, bless her, Lord. Father, pray you bless your people. We want to know, Lord, I pray you would awaken in us a greater desire to know uh, the things you have prepared for us, for our children, for our city, for our region, for our state. Lord, that you would pull us into those things. Lord, that we would be truly kings and priests to our God, that we would get involved in your government in the earth. Lord, I just pray that you would stir your people in that this morning. Lord, don't let that fade. Stir us, Lord. Lord, remind us as we pray this week and next week and the week after that. Lord, we just rest in you. We just let that weighty thing settle in us. Feeling that because God doesn't want this to be a moment. He wants us to, He wants you to carry that good weight with you out of here. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to turn you loose. Go to lunch. Amen.